Uh, man, just uh, just chilling, uh, trying to uh, figure out what I'm going to do now that they're uh, kicking me off of Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. Facebook, what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't do anything, man. Um, now they sent me an email. They, uh, they're, they're asking me to agree to a security, a, a security thing. If I don't agree to it, then they're disabling my account. Like, so they're giving me the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, they said that I reach, you know, I have the potential to reach a wider audience than most Facebook users. Um, right. And so that being the case, they need me to sign a, or a, authorize what they call Facebook Protect. And it's a security feature to, it's a security feature. It's for my protection from hackers and whatnot. Which, right, right. okay. You know, if I could opt in or out, then it'd be fine. You know, if they gave me a choice, but they're quite literally saying you have to do this or you can't use your account. And so that's, that's fishy to me, you know, like that's, that's some red flags for sure. Yeah. Like like, that's, uh, that's go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's definitely red flags. Like I don't, I, I have no other choice. Like they're forcing me into that or I can't use my account even to talk to my friends or family. Like that's, that's really weird. So it makes me think that it's more than just, uh, they want to protect me, you know, like even when it comes down to governments and they're like, you know, governments say like, Oh, this is for your protection. But a lot of the times it's not really for your protection. It's so that they, they have like this overreach of power into your life so that they can say, you can do this or you can't do this. So um yeah i'm not gonna do the security thing i'm just gonna they're gonna disable my account and i'm gonna just do everything on other platforms until they disable me or whatever you know like um, right well facebook's one of those things too uh and they bought out instagram so that's one of those they're like they coincide with each other right but it's always been that way because they've had I mean, from the get-go, just like the idea, the technology that was presented itself, like the government saw that and they're like, oh shit, like we can get like all the shit on people and they have no idea to them it's entertainment. Let's fucking do it. And And yeah, the whole time they're collecting all of your data, like everything about, they know every, like all, everything that you've ever put on there, any image, anything you've ever said is stored somewhere. It's just, you know, maybe- Maybe they're not, you know, trying to look into your life, but the fact that it's there and if they want to, they can. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's all kind of alarming when you sit back and think about it. Yeah. Kind of a rat in the cage, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I kind sucks. of, uh, had this little thought experiment not too long ago about these, uh, social media platforms and the power that they have over our lives. And I just, I, call them virtual governments that's what they're they're becoming virtual governments because they're influencing elections they're um, saying what you can and cannot say about this and that it's just like a governing body over our social lives and the way we communicate and they're starting to become like virtual governments and especially when we move forward into this uh the metaverse and when oh yeah everything's being done in in vr and there's digital currencies there's digital art there's digital classrooms there's digital meetings everything being done in this digital sphere is going to be run by these virtual governments with their own rules with their own censorship and the way that they control our lives it's going to be a really interesting time to say the least it's uh... It's a very, very scary thought, but I mean, they've been doing it forever. Like they, they, from the beginning of time, there's been some type of governmental power always over the general populace and stuff like that. And then you have America, which which was supposed to be opposite and now has actually become the opposite of its very ideal. Right. (laughs) So it's just, it's all one big lie, dude. And uh, I, me personally, I don't like getting on Facebook or Instagram um i do catch myself though scrolling through it just randomly 
And then you're, then you're like, Um, what the hell am I, why am I doing this? Why am I like, why did I just spend an hour of my day? Like all of the other things I could have been doing. And I just wasted an hour and got nothing from it. Like just stared at my phone. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I do it. I think, you know, at least we're conscious of it. A lot of people that's like an unconscious thing and they'll spend four hours, five hours, six hours a day just doing that and not catching themselves and not saying I can do something better with my time. They just, that's their life. It's weird. Very addicting. Yeah, for sure. Very addicting. And it was built Uh, that way. It was built to be addicting. Well, I mean, even like the idea behind the internet, like, you know, back in the day when it took forever for a fucking image to load and like nowadays it's like instant. instant. And then, you know, they're going to fucking as far as like, you know, a phone, it's going to be like a contact lens mm-hmm. and like Google tried it once. And now they're saying iPhone's trying it. And it's like, yeah, you know, Oh, what the oh, other person's doing. Like it, it, they could be working the whole time, but like in their eyes, like just be like hamming it to some point. Yeah. yeah some parts yeah. of like virtual reality experience, just a giant bukkake going on. And yeah, like, man. Here you go, sir. Twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, we can take it a step further, and like, they're gonna be at home doing that. You know, they're you know, every so many people. It's crazy how many people are working from home now. Like, oh, yeah. I, I I work in uh, property management, and so a lot of the times we have a lot of uh, apartment buildings, and a lot of the times uh, when we need to take care of a, a tenant, any issues that a tenant is having. And we need like maintenance to go over there. A lot of the times everybody's like, yeah, come on any day, come on at any time. I work from home. So it's all good. Like I would say maybe seven out of 10 people are working from home. Six or seven, six to seven out of 10 people are working from home right now. That's what it seems like. I don't know if that's like uh, an, an overall statistic for everybody, right. but I mean, just at least for the properties that we manage, that's mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. Like six to seven people work at home and, you know, and how, yet- do you, how, how do you feel about that though? Like how, from working from home, what do you, how do you feel about that? I think that, I mean, it, it's just moving us further and further into this type of society where everything is done digitally everything is done online um if you need to grocery shop you do it online it just gets delivered straight to your phone it's creating this uh it's taking we're we're losing our freedom in a sense and we don't even realize it it's we're we're falling in love with our servitude it's almost like that uh Aldous Huxley, Brave New World kind of thing. It's like when this is all you know, you don't you don't realize that you're not even free anymore. Like I don't I don't know. Like I think I think people are getting way too comfortable with it. And and uh, oh yeah, people are overtaken by it for sure. And but and I mean, just plus the anxiety of going outside these days. You know, like the whole everybody is so full of anxiety, especially going through everything that we went through in the last two years, everybody's full of anxiety. Everybody is mentally exhausted, unwell. They don't trust anybody anymore. They don't trust our government anymore. Nobody, we feel powerless that we can't do anything about it. Like, so everybody's just scared and, and staying inside. And I think that's kind of what, I think that was the plan all along. I can see that. Um, I mean, I think with everything, we were eventually going to do this to ourselves. It's uh, it was almost an you know inedible. It was just like if you just look how much like technology grows just in a matter of like ten years from like nineteen ninety to two thousand. Yeah, it's and then insane. From two thousand to now, and it's like well, it's only been twenty years, and we're this fucking far along. Just imagine another twenty years. Like it's yeah. crazy, and the, and the it's uh, definitely overtaking. Yeah, it's the, the um, I forgot what it's called, but uh, it's just the exponential growth of technology. It just like doubles itself every year. So like, you know, 10 years ago, 
we had a certain amount of growth. And then the next 10 years, it was double that growth. And then 10 years from now, it's going to be double what that double was. And it just exponentially grows and grows faster and faster. You know, the way that we see technology expanding is exponential. It grows faster every year. And I've played with this idea a few times of like, where, where will it stop? Is there going to be a point where technology stop stops expanding and where is that going to take us and uh ray kurzweil calls it the singularity ray kurzweil is a a futurist i think he um oh he's some tech some huge tech guy from silicon valley but he's a futurist and he's made a lot of future predictions in some of his books and uh and this theory of the singularity that technology is going to grow to a like a point where it's not going to expand anymore and we're going to be connected to all of it, which is a really weird thing. Like, is it going to be consciousness? Like, are we going to be like pure consciousness at some point? Like, is that going to take us to, which I think is what happens when we die anyway, but is this going to be a technology assisted um, route to pure consciousness? I don't know. I kind of think it could go two ways because yes, because technology is a forever expanding for sure. But also there are just certain things that life chooses to happen that, you know, we can't control. Yeah. So maybe, maybe what happens is we get so far up this fucking ladder and here comes something along and knocks us back down to square one. Yeah. It's like Atlantis. So, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of think it could go either way. Or, you know, maybe we do get to push the boundary and see what's inside the veil and stuff like that and really, like, immerse ourselves into our phones or computers because it's everything. Right. And then we're just we're just something plugged inside of a machine, right? You know, yeah. something's yeah. always overtaking the eyes, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty gross. But, I mean, honestly, right now, such a kick-ass time to be alive. For sure. For uh, for anybody. Well, I know there's people going through hard times for sure. But uh, I just feel like right now, I feel like a lot of people are eager to learn uh, that year they got off from that grueling drive or a day of work they got with family. So families are closer. I feel like people are more understanding of people. There is more hate and judgmentalness as well. But the love grew too. Yeah. So I feel like even though we had all this negative wave and stuff like humankind really came together and kind of, you know, showed the love that what we are. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the hard part uh, for technology to take over is trying to, cause that's like, that's a feeling that you can't, you know, you can't have a physical of like, like it's the love aspect. Feeling. Like the yeah. the human uh, the human nature to love and be compassionate. Yeah, it yeah, even makes sure. your body it makes your fucking body feel better. Yeah, when you love, you know, it takes more energy to hate. So it's like, to me, it's a it's a very fine line of it could happen, but also it could go. You know, fuck nineteen nineties. They thought we'd have flying cars by now. You know? <laughs> right. So it's like, what the fuck were we thinking? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, but it could go either way. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be so naive as to think that like it's going to go one way or the other because the universe is just so full of uh chaos and you know there's chaos and order and I think like that balance is perfect. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so I I I don't think that we're going to fall into this like I don't think we'll ever fall into a utopian way of life where everything's love, peace, and harmony. Never. Never. There's always going to be a a dictator to uh, come and fuck shit up. But I think, I mean, we're always going to have that struggle. And uh, I don't know. I think there's beauty in that. There's, I mean, when you learn to accept that this is the way, this is how it's always been, it's it's literally like the laws of nature it's there's no fighting against it accept it live in the moment be thankful for the moment be thankful for the people around you be thankful for the things that you do have and just be that light 
in your own life and in everybody that you come in contact with. We keep doing that. You know, that's, I don't see there's any other purpose to life. Like, I feel like that's the purpose to life is to be a light in your time of living. And I, see, I, I kind of, exactly. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. I feel like the purpose is to keep life and to cherish it because mm-hmm. it's so delicate. And I feel like with trees and grass and animals and bugs and everything, like, and you see like even just like viciousness and everything. And even in these, you know, different animals and um, life forms, there we go. That's where I was looking for. You see a lot of ourselves because we have all those things. We, yeah. You know, we're, we're killers. We're, we're lovers. We, we fear things. We, we, that that's life. That's mm-hmm. why it's so precious. And that's why like that light too is so precious. Like that, that happiness. Yeah. And it's like, if you could achieve that, like the, uh, you know, the Godhood, if you will, like, uh, if you could really like reach in there and like live and just be like, Oh, I've already done this before. Or like, I've learned this from this person just because I've done it before. And you can really find that common ground. I feel like you have a better chance. Yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. Or at least the better chance at making the most of this opportunity that you have. Right. And um, hopefully spreading that to others, you know, giving them a, a little glimpse into this piece that you found and, and just saying, hey, man, this this piece is this is accessible by all of we can all access this. You know, if 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 I have it in me, then then so do you. You know, like kind of like you said, we we all share this. Um, there's something that we all share, and um, you know, like you said, with the trees, with the animals, there's something that we all share. I believe that's the that's the all encompassing spirit. That's the 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 thing that we're all a part of. You know, we we are, we're all a part of this experience together, and so recognizing that. Um, I think that's just a key, a key to life, to, to making the most of it. And, um, and just hope that we can, we can spread that love, you know, man, uh, I hope so, dude, things, uh, I mean, things get sideways, man, but if you could always yeah. find your way, if you can always find your way back to that place, you know, you're on the right track. But I, again, that's kind of the delicacy of life though. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Every day is a new it's a new adventure like something's gonna fuck up or maybe not <laughs> something have like the perfect day who knows like, yeah but at least be uh be aware at least be um just know that when something bad happens that it's like it's not the end you know like i've had so many things go sideways for me you know i'm sure you have too i'm sure a lot of people everybody has you know but like just rolling with those punches and and knowing that it's it's a bad moment it's not a bad life you know like right right exactly yeah so exactly. uh so uh you said you wanted to talk about aliens oh yeah so <laughs> dude yeah so if we're gonna just jump into it let's no, go so i've always 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 dug the idea of aliens um yeah. Ever since, like, they were the little green rubber guys you got in the gumball machines, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Ever yeah. ever since then, when you just had, like, this is what an alien would be like, and then they had, like, the alien movie and stuff like that. It really got me thinking as a kid, and then going through science and stuff, you're like, man, like, if we're in this, like, giant-ass galaxy, like, surely something else is out there breathing. Like, has to be. There's no way. Be. Yeah that this little fifth dimension we're living in is like the place to be like, and if it was, it'd be like, we were a giant server, you know, and maybe we were the, uh, the Sims or some shit, you know? Right. Which is still a possibility. Very, very could be. I don't know. I've heard, I have, I used to be a conspiracy theory, like nuts, Uh, not so much in actions, but just so much information with them. And right. so that kind of like opened that whole door. And after I opened that door, I had like things would happen here and there that would kind of remind me of what they were talking about and stuff. And it got me eager to learn more. 
Right. You know, well, I just really went off and tried to learn everything I could, but they always circle back to the same thing. And it's the Tower of Babel because of the separation. Hmm. It's always back to this one moment. But why, why is this separation where everybody, like, you know, they divide everybody up and just, why was that so critical? And uh, there's a, there's some good theories about it. There's a one guy, uh, his name is Billy Carson. And he is, he wrote a book called the compendium of the Emerald tablets. Hmm. And it was a very hard read, but essentially what he believes is, is the Anunnaki were an alien species that use the earth for mining long ago. Mm-hmm. And eventually the ones they left here to mine got tired of doing the work. And so for the solution, they're like, well, there's a species on earth that we could use and give our DNA to and make a superior being to do this work, to mine our gold. Okay. Well, during this time, there was also a lot of war going on. And in between the war, this is where the Tower of Babel is. So in one of the wars, the elites or the Anunnaki left Earth and left the human beings here and came back and saw the tower was so big and then was like, fuck this. You know, I'm going to divide you up. But it goes, he talks about what he believes happened is when they divided us up, they put a thing on our DNA strand that we literally cannot get past a hundred amount of years. Like not like a hundred on the dot, like just like, like a hundred so like you know, early hundreds. A lifespan. Like you're, yeah, like, they put something, they put like a cap on our DNA. And so now we can't live thousands of years like we could have. Right. And it's very interesting to hear the conversations this guy comes up with. And I mean, his resources are valid and stuff like that. And for me personally, I've had... I have seen uh, a UFO, and I'm saying that like blatantly because I don't know if it was like an alien spaceship or some government shit or what it was. Right, right. Um, it was unidentified flying object. Exactly. It was just unidentified. Was no idea what it was. It was the creepiest, but the coolest shit ever. So I was working at a tank wash, and me and the the lead were hanging out, bullshitting, watching a tank spin, and then What's all a tank of a sudden. Wash? A tank wash is where they like wash out like uh, ethanol, latex, uh, acids, and you know stuff they they haul like her chocolate and giant eighteen okay. wheelers or just like big barrels. You know what I mean? And they just so, like power wash it clean or something. Yeah, this giant enormous spinner that drops into the manhole that has spinners on it that go all directions, and it cleans the tanks. That way they can go get reloaded. Reused. Okay. Gotcha. So you were you so, were working there. Yes, yeah, so I was working there. It was the third shift. It was going on to the third shift. We were the second shift. So we were the late shift. And so at this point it was probably 1 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And uh it just got dark all of a sudden, like over the wash bay. It got really dark. And I like I just happened to fucking look up and I looked up and it's just like black. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I look up again, like to the side, and it's already moved. And the thing that was weird about it is it stretched over the entire wash, which is like, I don't know, a hundred times the size of my house. Like it's fucking, you know, Damn. ginormous. And it was so weird because it didn't make a noise. It had a white uh, glowing light on this end and a white glowing light on this end. And by the time I turned my head to catch it going this way, it had already taken across the highway. And I just watched it go whoosh, gone craziest shit ever that's fucking wild where where was this this? like where like it was in waxahachie oh shit yeah no shit dude it was the wildest shit ever and my buddy at the time was in the military so i immediately asked him the guy that was hanging out with he goes because dude i don't fucking know like we we didn't see any kind of shit like that in the military you know and i was like okay well that was fucking weird and then Move forward a few years. I'm Wait, did the did, did the guy you were with see it too, or yeah, did he see yeah, the, he saw did he see well. the darkness, or he saw the lights too? He saw it move out no, of the he way. Saw everything I saw, he saw every little thing. Damn, it was uh, it was one of those moments where it was really weird. 
So, and you know, I could go on forever about this kind of stuff too. Cause I, for one thing, it's not like I seek it. I just seem to find very artistic person, very creative. And right. maybe that's the thing is maybe my mind just mistakes something. I right. don't know. I don't know how to describe and, it. And your mind but, just runs with it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It, it, it makes, makes life exciting, you know, things like I haven't had the, the, the luck to to catch any ufos or anything like i've gone and looked for them and i haven't maybe that's the thing is like i'm so uh i've always wanted to go and look for them i've always been keeping an eye out like i've always you know had my my head my eyes to the to the night sky and i'm always expecting or hoping and wanting to see something and maybe that's why they're not like nah he's he's looking for us they come for the people who who aren't quite really they, they could i don't know man yeah, yeah. there's i just like with the alien experiences like i've at least i'm gonna say at least three that i've had what happened you like, were gonna you were gonna say another one after oh, yeah. the, so the wash the other one was uh years later i was getting drunk with a buddy at a house uh and we were jamming out like in mayperl mm-hmm. and we were driving back and it was real late at night and we saw something too but it was a little bit different and it was like a little more like chilling feeling we got. It looked like a if you took a hourglass and broke it down into like um, geometric shapes that were spinning real fast and had just like this. It was so black, dude, that it literally pierced the black of the night sky with the stars and everything. It was that dark. It was just like so dark. Hmm. And it was I looked out the we were on our way back. You're both drunk as fuck. And we both, I looked out the window and I, I went like that to him and he looked up at it and he was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck that is. And we both <laughs> got like freaked the fuck out. And so we like stepped on it and got the fuck out of there. Um, and then the last one, and this is the one that's a little weird. So, um, and this could be multiple things um, I've heard, but uh, so pretty much the idea is I'm in my room. And uh, I was living with my uh, grandparents at the time, and they live off of 66 going towards Maypearl, the first house on the left. And it was so, it was like one of those nights where I just like, I don't know, it was either worked late or I had a show, something happened. But I got home, I was tired as fuck, so I smoked a bowl, got in the bed, and I don't remember uh, going to sleep, like at all. I don't remember like turning lights off nothing and it wasn't like i was drunk because i do remember getting to the house and going to my room and stuff so i wasn't like i'm pretty sure i had like no alcohol that night i'm pretty sure it was work anyways so i wake up though in the middle of the night but it's really bright and it's like my room but it's just like all white Hmm. and i feel like something's like moving me around you know but yeah. I can't tell. I can't tell exactly if it's them moving me around or myself moving around so because it, it's so light. And by the time I come to, I try to throw my arm up in the air just to try to move. Right. And when I do, I throw my arms up like this, and my body comes up out of the bed, and I see my room. And at first, the lights are on, and then it's just black. And to this day. I cannot explain the experience. I have no idea. No idea about the experience. I do know after that, I didn't see as much like stuff in the night sky. Right. For instance, I used to be able to like, I used to look at the sky and like see falling stars and stuff. I haven't seen a falling star since then. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was so weird. And like I said, so, it could have been nothing. It could have just been like could have been paralysis or yeah, it could anything. be uh, you know, the mind is capable of some very crazy things. Like exactly. th- we we just <laughs> there's so much that can happen just you know that the mind can produce that I don't think we'll ever understand. Um but I mean okay, so you mentioned sleep paralysis. And I mentioned uh, that I haven't seen any UFOs or anything, but there was a time where I I almost thought it was aliens <laughs> um, because it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I I've had I've had over two hundred I'm sure over two hundred sleep paralysis 
experiences. Really? I, su- I suffered with it pretty bad for a long time. Um, and I've, I've made a video about, about it, but, um, and I also, I did talk about this experience. It was the very first time I had sleep paralysis. At least I believe it was sleep paralysis. Um, but the very first time it happened, it was kind of like what you were saying when you were in your bedroom. Um, because, you know, obviously it was at night. I had gone to sleep. I was laying in bed and I woke up. At least I thought I woke up and I was in my room. I was laying in my bed on my back and it was dark. But, you know, when you're in your dark bedroom and there's like some light coming from, you know, the window or something, your, your room is slightly illuminated. I could see, you know, inside of my dark room, and, but I couldn't move. And this is like, you know, standard sleep paralysis. I'm very familiar with it now, but at the time I wasn't aware what the hell was going on. And so I was on my back. I couldn't move. And these three dark figures like grew from like the foot of my bed. They just kind of like stood up and it wasn't, you know, when I think about when I'm, when I try to remember exactly what it looked like, it, they didn't necessarily seem like human figures, like bodies, yeah. but just kind of shadowy and right, you know, kind of shady. Like yeah. Just buzz. like, yeah. Just like, I couldn't put my finger just kind of fuzzy and dark and they just kind of grew up from the foot of my bed, three of them. And they just kind of leapt onto me and I woke up and crazy. Yeah. And then I, then I actually woke up when they leapt on me and I was like, I was so fucking confused. I spent just (laughs) like, I, I, I I couldn't go back to sleep and I just spent, you know, the next day, like just questioning what the fuck happened and like, and of course I, you know, this was like 2008, 2009, maybe. And I went, you know, to the internet, started Googling these kind of, you know, I was paralyzed in my bed, found sleep paralysis, paralysis and whatnot. Still a lot of, we still don't know too much about it. Even to this day, not much is known about it. We know about a chemical in the brain that paralyzes our body when we go to sleep it's a a defense mechanism or it's a it's to protect us so that we don't um we don't act out our dreams you know if you're like running in your dreams or if you're fighting somebody off in your dreams it wouldn't be good if that's what your body was actually doing when you're sleeping so there's a chemical Mm. that's released from your brain to paralyze your body while you sleep and um the thing with sleep paralysis with sleep paralysis um, your mind, you wake up, you're not, your mind wakes up, but that chemical is still being released into your body. That's why you're awake, but your body's, your mind's awake and your body's still asleep. So it's a very strange phenomenon that's still like n- not much is really known about it. Very um, scary. Very yeah. scary stuff. And so like, I, I, uh, I've told that story about the, the figures and, you know, a lot of people, mostly just religious people, have always had an idea mm. that, though they were demons. And that was something that my mom was really worried about uh, when I told her that happened. And that, um, you know, I since then, I had the sleep paralysis experience, like I said, over 200 times now, maybe even more, maybe a lot more. I don't know. There was a week where I was having it five times a night, every night for wow. a week. And uh, it was horrible. It was pretty bad. Um, I thankfully, you know, if you know anybody who goes through anything like that, I do. I do. Yeah. So um, I uh, experiencing it so many times, I had to find a way to um, counteract it. And Mm. I found that I wasn't in the best like mental health when all of that was happening. And I wasn't in the best physical health. I wasn't, I wasn't eating very good. I wasn't, um, I wasn't taking care of myself properly. And since um, I was also smoking way too much weed at the time, I was drinking a lot. So, um, you know, I think substances 
affect everybody differently. You know, we all have our own relationship to the substances that we use. Um, And for me, I think I was overdoing a lot of those things and just, I just wasn't in the best mental and physical space. And so I think that had a lot to do when it was at its like peak, when it was really bad, Mm -hmm. I just was not taking care of myself. I started taking care of myself, like little by little, finding new ways to just better my health mentally and physically and slowly, but surely those experiences started to go away, you know? Uh, And even I found that, you know, I wouldn't have those experiences for a long time. And then as soon as I start slipping on like my mental health and physical health on being conscious and aware of like how I'm treating my body or my mind, it would start coming back. And I was like, fuck, I'm slipping. I need to get back on my shit, take care of myself. So, um, you know, now it, it hardly ever happens. Maybe, maybe once a week or once every other week or once every once a month sometimes, you know, so it's, it's much better now and it's not as frightening anymore. Like it's because you're aware. Yeah. 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 And I'm just kind of, uh, it still sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it really sucks, but um, it's not as frightening. I've just kind of accepted it. Like, I'm like, I might live with this for the rest of my life. So it's just something that I'm going to, ha- that I had to get used to. So, um, but it, it also like playing with some ideas where like, is this, it's a very strange place. You're in between the dream world and the, um, and the the waking reality so where is this dimension like where like to me like it's kind of a an honor to be able to have access to that space because a lot of people don't get access to it and it's a space where you can you get to experience a different dimension of reality that most people don't get and in ways since i've experienced it so many times I've gotten to play with it. (laughs) Like I've gotten to, you know, you can try to wake yourself up. You can try to rip yourself out of it, which that's the, um, the first thing that people try to do. You want to get out of it. It sucks. But if you calm your breathing, because your, your heart will start racing, you'll start breathing really fast. But if you can calm your breathing, kind of use like a meditative practice to slow your heart down, and just be in that realm where you're consciously awake, but you're still in a dream world. Right. There, you've, you've heard of like a lucid dreaming or mm-hmm. astral projection. You get into those spaces and there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to take from that. It's a wild ride. It's psychedelic for, for the, for the most part, it's a very psychedelic experience. Dude, so, uh, that sounds terrifying. I mean, I've, I've had those dreams like where you wake up and you just like try to move, but you can't move kind of thing. But I've never mm-hmm. had like the shades. I've always had, I never had the shades. And I uh, actually, Burning Slow's uh, conga player, our old conga player, um, he had that really bad. And yeah. he stayed with me for about, what, two years almost. And man, like there'd be some nights like you could it just sound like somebody was mumbling but was like trying to catch their breath at the same time mm-hmm. freaked me the fuck out i had no idea what was going on yeah one day he just talked to me about it and he's like dude like it's so he with him though he said it was a lot different because like they would actually the 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 shadows and stuff like that wouldn't just be like at the foot of his bed they would be holding them down Mm-hmm. and like he literally just he said that he could feel like some of his hand was over his mouth and he could not do anything yeah and it, and it would freak him out um but that's that's wild man yeah and you know what i'm gonna kind of try that though i'm gonna try to adopt what you're saying uh on those dreams where i can't move or mm-hmm. like you know you go to throw the first punch and you can't because yeah. you're dreaming i'm gonna try to just breathe yeah and see what that does see if that helps because i've I've had quite a few of those dreams. Yeah. It's, um, and you're conscious, right? Like you are right. like, you're in your dream and you're conscious. You're like, say you're in your head and you're saying, okay, I'm dreaming right now. And you're still asleep. Right. 
So when you're consciously aware, like catch yourself and say, okay, instead of like waking up to make it stop or anything, just like say, okay, I'm consciously aware that this is a dream and just kind of go into that. Like you can start to focus on your heart. Like maybe you're excited. Just try to follow the rhythm of your heart and be present and see where it takes you. See if you can start to take control of the dream or manipulate it. It's a, it's a very exciting experience. Have you ever done, have you ever lucid dream? Like where you could actually make things I happen? Not. Okay. I've had friends that have, and I've had friends, kids that could do it. And I've always been like, you guys are so lucky. Like, <laughs> I want to throw a T-Rex off of a waterfall. Yeah. I yeah. have telekinesis. Like, like, yeah. No, you can. So, and I think, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you're, there's a couple techniques that you can use to access that while you're sleeping. Um, there's one technique that I used to use. Um, I'd always wear a rubber band on my wrist. Like I'd always just have a rubber band and just throughout the day, just whenever I think about it, I would snap the rubber band on my wrist three times and I would say, I'm not dreaming. And just, you know, throughout the day, I I just, I made a habit of it. So make a habit of doing that. And then Mm -hmm. in your, in your dream, you know, you'll be, you know, you're always wearing this rubber band. So it's going to, if it's not there in your dream, then you know that you're in a dream, but if it is there, try snapping it three times and telling yourself that you're not dreaming, you won't ever be able to do it. And so it was a practice that you know, when I was in my dream and I became consciously aware, it's like, well, is this real life or am I dreaming? Let me snap my, my rubber band. I'd get like one, two, and I couldn't finish, or I'd get like one, or I'd get one, two, three, and I wouldn't like say that I'm not dreaming. So it was just like a, a cue. It was a signal that I was in my dream. And now I can start that this isn't real life and I can start playing around. Uh, there is my favorite experience. A lot of the times, like I'll have like super abilities, like everybody wants to fly. So I use my time to do that a lot of the times. But um, I remember in this one dream, like I was in a hotel room in like a high rise or something. It was at night. And like, I walked out of the bathroom and there was like a fucking vicious tiger in my hotel room. Like come like like kind of slowly stalking at me and i was like oh shit like hold on this is a dream i was like when this tiger leaps at me it's gonna turn into a butterfly and fly out the window and it leaped at me to attack and its face just like formed into a butterfly and it flew out the window i was like dude that's fucking wild man yeah that's so cool yeah yeah. so hopefully uh you can you can get there Dude, if I could figure out something, hell yeah, dude. I would love that shit. Like I said, I always have, like, I don't know. I feel like my dreams are either – it's very rare that I have, like, just, oh, my God, that was an amazing dream. I want to go back. They're always terrifying dreams. Oh, shit. And it, it's always, like, nightmares, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, half right. the time it's just bullshit. And it's not even just, like, you know, from watching horror movies and stuff. I mean, it's just literal bullshit. Yeah. Like even as a child, like there's this uh there was one dream that I would run down this hallway and this donut with glow like glowing red eyes and sprinkles on top of it <laughs> and a birthday candle in the middle middle of it and it had a cape was chasing me down a never ending hallway. And like it it was a reoccurring dream when I was little. It was so fucking weird. And then like fast forward a little bit and now like well Teenage years, actually, which should go toddler years or even kid years, it's completely different. I was being chased by something else, again, down this never-ending road. But for whatever reason, like, I had to drive a remote-control motorcycle that I got for Christmas. And it was really hard to drive. And it was in the 90s, so it was really hard to drive. So it just toppled over. <laughs> right. So every time I'd be, like, running, I'd have to stop and pick this fucking thing back up <laughs> and, like, keep driving but now they're like so intense that uh, I took sign flu one time and uh, that really made me trip some balls uh, like dream wise and maybe even just like reality wise. I don't know. Yeah. I was not there. Yeah. Um, 
and you know that's another thing i don't know how you feel about like the whole ghost thing but like that shit like i believe that energy can be brought to this dimension um yeah it's because there's what we're doing and then the opposite of what we're doing and the same thing with everything so there's always an opposite side and i would like to believe that you know I've seen that opposite side, kind of like what you're talking about with like the the sleep paralysis and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you've already been there before, and it's a very weird place. It is very weird, um, but I also believe just like that we can go there, they can come here. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, uh, my so off of FM sixty six on the first house on the left is my grandparents' house or was, and then if you go just half mile past that on the next left is my aunt's house. And, uh, I grew up in a very large family. Uh, mamaw was like the, she was the lady and papaw was like our, he was the guy to look up to. The matriarch and the patriarch. Yes. Yeah. But they had some crazy stuff happening in their lives and stuff as well. But, uh, anyways, back to this house. So this house, um, I stored my stuff. I decided when I was like 18, no, 20, 19, 19 to try to move to Austin. And so I stored everything I had uh, at my aunt's house. And I decided to get in a truck and drive to Austin and try to find a place to live. Found a place to live. Long story short, had to move back. Well, when I moved back, uh, my buddy was getting out of high school at the time. He was like, hey, would you want to get a, uh, an apartment together? You know, and I was like, yeah, let's let's fucking do it. And cool. So on this, we I told him, all right, we just got to run by and grab my stuff. So we go to my aunt's house and she uh, she left the door unlocked so we can get in. So we go in, we grab the mattresses. Well, when we're passing by the the hallway, the first hallway, we look over to the right into like my little cousin's room. And she had like this porcelain doll. And it was already creepy looking at this porcelain doll. All right. porcelain dolls. Were creepy. Right. But it was like, it was just like sitting there staring like straight forward with her like flower dress on and her little flower hat. And then like we got the the uh, box spring and now we we're grabbing the mattress and hauling it through. And as we're walking by, this thing's like looking straight at us. And I was did like, it, oh, fuck this. And he was did, like, fuck this. And did its so head follow you as you were walking by? No. no, no. So. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. So uh, I was like, at first we kind of blew it off like it was nothing, right? And then a little bit of time into that apartment, uh, first thing that happened is I did 2011. I met Matt, uh, the singer of Burning Slow. I met him. Him and I did uh, Vans Warped Tour together under his old label. Mm-hmm. And we only got like 30 dates, but it was a blast. But we came back. Had to find a job, got a job, and I actually got two jobs. And things started getting weird. We started doing uh, mushrooms and other drugs in the apartment and stuff like that. We're just having a good time being, you know, kids. Yeah. And it was fucking, you know, learning how to roll blunts, trying to do, doing everything we could. Right. And one night, uh, we're tripping shrooms, and somebody's like, hey, man, there's somebody in your room. Like, you need to, like, go talk to them, blah, blah, blah. And I asked my buddy what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, uh, you know, man, uh, I don't know. I'll go in there for you. I'm like, okay. So Richard goes in the room and stuff like that. He goes, oh, yeah, it's like some tall dude in a cowboy hat. So I go in there and the I close the door behind me and I don't see anything. I just noticed the room's a little chilly. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm freaked out. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Well, fast forward maybe a couple weeks later, back when everybody's like sober, everybody's working hard, trying to pay the bills and stuff. Uh, our roommate at the time, which was Richard's girlfriend, uh, was home alone cleaning the apartment. And we had a dog. His name was Tucker. He was a red healer. And all of a sudden, he just starts growling down the hallway. And she freaks the fuck out. She calls us. And I'm like, I'm at the bar. I got a closed shop. There's, it's going to be a while before I can get there. And uh, she calls her boyfriend. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm on my way home. Well, we all get home, we talk about it and stuff, and like, I don't know, like, maybe it was like, you know, a fucking rat or a mouse or whatever. But then we're all chilling in the apartment, like, and it's the standard apartment. You have your front door 
that goes straight to your living room, right? right? And that little hallways is like the hallways of the bedrooms and the bathroom. So it's a very small apartment. Uh, it's two bedroom, one bath. And uh, anyways, so we're all sitting there and we're rolling up these big fatties and we're about to spark them. And then from behind me, we had this on the wall, like mounted, like on the wall, there was a keychain holder that was shaped like a pot leaf, had all of our keys on it. It went flying down the hallway. The and, fuck? and then fucking the dog started growling again. Everybody was so freaked the fuck out. We were like, we just got to get what out of here. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. And everybody and so, was there. Everybody saw this happen. And the dog yeah, was started... everybody. Yeah, everybody. What? Everybody was seeing the same shit. And so eventually, after I got out of that apartment and stuff like that, I asked my grandmother about that house and stuff like that. I was like, did anything like ever happen in that house? Like, you know, and she told me, she was like, so my littlest cut, well, He's not the littlest. He's one of the little cousins. Uh, his name is Milton. When he was a baby, he used to complain about a man in a hat. Mm-hmm. Is what he would call it. And he said that the man in the hat would keep kids and stuff under the house in his basement. And it was like a big thing. And he was always just terrified of this thing, which is like screaming bloody murder. And if you try to talk to him about it today, like he won't talk to you about it. He's just he's like, man. He's like, yeah, he's like, fuck that. We're not talking about it. But uh, so it was so fucking weird. Um, Do you think you, you brought her, that spirit over with your things? Yeah. So I was going to say is I kind of feel like that spirit of whatever that was latched on to me at the time. And it had a it had its ruse, too, for a while, because there was a lot of weird shit that was just kind of spiraling and weird shit motion. It was like it would be like things going missing. uh the, probably the weirdest one is coming down to go to work from the apartment and going to my car and then all the lights being on in my car, everything's open and everything's just thrown everywhere and the doors are locked. And that was probably the weirdest one. But there was just like, it was like thing after thing. But I asked her about it and she told me about that. And she told me about this one time that she had passed out in that same house and she felt like a little poking on her knee. And she woke up immediately because she thought it was my little cousin because he was like two at the time. And she found him outside towards the road, staring at the roof and saying, look, now I'm all man in the hat, man in the hat. And she grabbed him and they went the fuck to her house. But yeah, so no, I believe that spirits definitely can make their way over here, just like we can make our way over there. I think it's, uh, I think it's that goes back to the love thing is, um, the plane we exist allows for all these emotions to exist and take place. But these other planes are pure. That's why getting enlightened or you're trying to be on the quest to be enlightened to achieve godhood. It's all pure. It's all truth. It's all gold, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the same as vice versa as the, the, uh, with the carnage and the chaos and stuff. Like it's two different planes. And to wrap that back into the aliens thing, um so there's quite a few like i said there's a lot lot of different theories one of the theories is though is that we're ran by a this is the funny one we're ran by a reptilian species yeah i love this one yeah i do (laughs) and what they did to us is back in the day of like the garden in eden they bred with us for cups of a thousand a year until they are Sorry, 2,000 years until they figured out how to breed with us properly. And they were able to rule our race by disguising like our race. And they so like Hillary uh, Clinton. And, and yeah, stuff like. and they, backed that up. <laughs> they backed that up. It's funny, though. They back <laughs> it up with everything. They're like, it's the same in the Bible with uh, the snake in the garden. It Man, wasn't I, a snake, I think it was a snake person. I think <laughs> I, I think I think you can like rationalize anything if you like if you really want to like um i uh i part i got into like biblical prophecy uh like a long time ago when i was younger and like there's that's like a that's a slippery slope because you can start rationalizing anything and like i i was i was like for sure that like we were living in like the end times and that the the uh you know 
Christ was going to come back in a few years and like we were oh, going to yeah. see it. And like, you know, people have been doing that since Christ died, you know, like ever since Christ died, the, the apostles thought that he was going to come back in their lifetime. So like, it's just a slippery slope. You can rationalize any crazy fucking theory, like flat earth. Like you can, you can rationalize and make yourself believe in anything like that's right. Right. And that's the, that's the beauty of it though. Is yeah. Yeah. That's it's... what happens. I think that's what even happens to us as people is like, I believe I need a cigarette. Right. I believe that, you know, there is a God. And mm-hmm. like, if you're like my mom, like the gods in the Bible, all good because I pray, I get good things that happen to me in my life because of God. Right. And like, you can make yourself believe anything. Like yeah. I could literally, you know, and that's kind of where I stood with it too. But like the the entertainment idea of just thinking about how crazy it can get, it can get so crazy. It can get so creative. There's so many like different loopholes. Like we can go all over the place. True. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. like, do you get that? Uh, sure, you have that ability. You get the ability to do that in in your music, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's a like the creative expression like the ability to like do new things that have never been done before like just um that's that's a fun thing to explore like that that um rationalizing anything into existence definitely exists in the creative space and that's like one of the coolest things about doing that the ability to do that it's like we have that that power of the mind to if the mind can conceive then it can be like that's uh literally yeah Yeah. that's a that's a beautiful thing and like that's a beautiful thing to do and like the expression of of art and music like um you definitely have that gift being uh having seen you play um your uh you and Matt, you know, you get, you guys have a, a pretty solid connection. That's apparent when you guys play together. It's, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. That's what a lot of people say. We hate each other. But yeah. that's like, <laughs> that's, that's, nah, I mean, I fucking love him. He is my brother, but we just, we don't see eye to eye things. We have creative differences for sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, I feel like that's pretty common. And, uh, and, oh, yeah when you get a group of, of guys together, adults, a group of adult guys who with creative ideas, you, you have, you all have creative ideas abound. And then like, not all the ideas are going to work together. You know, maybe he's got a shitty idea and you're like, Hey man, that's a, that's shitty idea. We should try this. We should do it this way. And he, you know, and vice versa. But the, what the sound that you guys have come to agree on sounds pretty good so there's that you know and i think the i think the crowd seems to uh agree so at least there's that you know yeah no it's uh you know honestly it's starting to come together more and more Mm -hmm. and it's really taking a while because i think really what the music thing is like we're just so diverse that we didn't know what we were gonna do man right um before we did the warp tour me and matt had that one reggae song and i mean we both just fell in love with reggae the minute we heard like the expendables mm-hmm. like of course bob marley but the minute we heard like the expendables and what reggae could be and like pushing the limits of stuff and then you had the dirty heads too and then you had so many good reggae bands yeah. um but anyways Pe- it's gonna Pepper, be those bands. slightly stupid yeah. uh man you can go on forever a lot of great bands. forever dude but we, we fell in love with the the genre, and we didn't know how to play the genre. It was all a self-growth thing, and it was very self-taught, but it was a, it was a very trialed road. It was a, a lot of falling flat on your face, and it's taken us a long time to finally get where we're at now. Yeah, you know, for and sure. And I'm thankful we are here, though. I saw it's, that. Uh, um, I saw that y'all got the – you got – uh duddy and rome to play that song on their little show that they were yeah, doing man. and they uh they seem to they seem to like it a lot you know like i think Damn you kind of you, you took their breath away there for a second 
That, and I was I was happy about that. Mainly Rome's reaction compared to Dirty's. Dirty's was kind of like, what, what, what is going on? But yeah, Rome yeah. was more like just kind of just like lost himself in it, like yeah. instantly. Love that. That was cool to see. And that was one of those songs too that honestly wasn't supposed to be a song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into a habit years ago of just like recording random shit when we play, and now it's like somebody's always recording. Yeah, but for like. Sure. During COVID times, I went back and I just started digging through things. And I found that progression and I found uh, the rhythm behind it. It was like a super old track, though. It was like probably like three years ago. We like came up with it. And then I was like, you know what? What if we did this and then out of this and just started fucking with it? And I brought it to Matt. And Matt was like, okay. What do you got any lyrics? So I went home and wrote half of the song, and then he wrote half the song, and then we came together and tried to get our lyrical ideas across to each other. And then uh, from there, it became what it is. And now I fucking I love that song. I think it's yeah. so hype. It's like yeah. the one that I can think of, like when we're writing down a set list and we're like, we need something that just comes into it, just grabs you yeah, right away. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that's the song. That's awesome how like uh things come out like like there's um tool on tool's last album uh that they just put out their most recent one there was a song Tempest which they love Tempest yeah yeah and you know that song if you listen to it when you hear it on that album you're like this sounds like like undertow tool like this is like old tool and then come to find out they say that that song has uh roughly existed ever since the undertow days that's awesome and it finally came out onto this album and uh yeah yeah i love i love that just and that so that you know story of your song that wasn't ever supposed to be a song it was just a progression that you kind of did on the fly some like three years ago you know eventually turned into a great song so yeah that's awesome it happens it seems to happen like that too. It's really when that chemistry just catches just yeah. right and you hit that ether mode. Yeah. And everybody, it's almost, it's not forced. forced. It's natural. It's just like, it comes like you, there's no forcing it. It's just, yeah. it flows out. Like that's any creative endeavor I've had where it just came naturally. Like in you're in that flow of like nothing else in the world exists. You're just in a flow um, and it's coming out just perfect the way it's supposed to. And then you like, you step, you step outside of this flow and you're like, holy shit, what just happened? It's right. Like, yep. Yeah. That's, that's where the best art comes from. But if you're sitting there and you're like racking your brain and you're trying to force something or you're, you force a song or you force a piece like of art, it, it's usually not the best, you know? It's that it's natural flow state. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That natural flow like state is perfect. And I feel like you can tell that too with a, a lot of bands. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that's always scared me about this band is I didn't want to be a band that seemed so forceful. And absolutely, in the beginning stages, that's what we were. We were forcing our art because we didn't know how to make our art. We didn't right. know how to, or our art make us. Like, we didn't know. And yeah. you know, it's looking back now just and shit like all those songs like super relatable to somebody saying the band's life was going on and it's just it's crazy that we even play some of the old songs now and i'm like i don't know i think about it and i'm like literally like we living through our songs it's crazy yeah yeah that's awesome well um i think uh we've gone on pretty long now and just like to end this off by you know, talking about your music, talking about your band, you guys are, you're still playing the rooftop this weekend, right? Playing rooftop, man. It looks like it's going to be cold as shit. So yeah, I saw you, that. Anybody comes out, you just bundle the fuck up because yeah. I'm going to, I'm layered fuck up. <laughs> I think, uh, and it's cold think, on that roof. I think the, um, are y'all, what time do y'all go on? Uh, we go on at five. 30 until 7:30. I think at least the sun might be out, right? Because that uh, makes a world of difference. Be... But yeah, I'm sure it gets windy up on that rooftop. Last year, or sorry, not last year, 
2020, right before they shut everything down, we had, that was like our very last show. And it was supposed to be a nice day, but it ended up being cold, wet, and muggy. It, it was miserable. It was, uh, it was miserable. But yeah. you know what? Like with all the people there and stuff like that, it made the most. I don't know. It, no, I just feel like it was almost like it, you know, all that body heat just all over the place. Was nice. Yeah, yeah. Like it was so unbearable. Yeah. Like it's really unbearable if there's nothing up there, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, let's, but, uh, hopefully we get a, a big crowd out there. I'll be there. So, oh, you'll um, be there? Yeah, oh, yeah for man. sure. I'll see you there. Yeah. I'll see you, uh, what's Saturday? Right. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, cool. Saturday. Yeah. I appreciate you, uh, coming on and talking about some wild shit with me, man. It was fun. For sure, dude. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. I'll see you on Saturday. All right, man. Saturday. Take it easy.